Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And chefs do that. We're looking at the long kiss goodnight. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how are you doing today? I'm okay. Now, I'm no chef, Jeff, but um, <laughs> I don't uh-huh. think chefs do that. Well, they could, a real aggressive. I, Gordon, I feel you like Gordon what? Ramsay might Gordon have at some Ramsay, point. Gordon Ramsay, I, I bet the guys from Benihana could do that. You oh, know? 100. You throw the tomato in the air, and then you chuck the knife, and it darts through the tomato and pierces it against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully or, out or, of the way of a customer. Or, or do you mean the killing the guy with the pie and breaking Absolutely both. Because chefs do that, too. Yeah, some and, chefs, and then, and I'm then sure l- some chefs do. lick up that lemon meringue ah, cream with the blood. Delicious. My baking and yeah. my assassinating <laughs> are both excellent. I was really with her until she licked the blood. That was, <laughs> that was, I'm like, what was so? Well, I think we're starting to see Charlie come to the forefront. <laughs> I'm saying that's Charlie. Charlie, to me, seems pretty cool. Pretty badass. Oh. Well, we hadn't possible, even really met Charlie. Possible vampire? I know, but even once we get to know Charlie, I'm like, Charlie, you know, they're like... Possible vampire, definitely They're goth. tough. She's yelling at kids. She's like... Boy, is she ever oh, yelling boy, she at ever. kids. Life has been. Yeah, get used to it. Now get Stop up. being such a baby. I'm just a baby. Oh, man. Oh, man. So good. Um, but yes, we are still here in Juna Davis month. A Juna Davis. It's all Gina, all June, our girl Gina Davis. Uh, and if you had skipped our episode last week, check out our new Patreon. Da, da, da. Which you can see linked to on our Instagram or website, or you can go to patreon.com slash and almost starring. We made it so easy. We made it so easy for you, listener. Uh, but yeah, it was the brand new Patreon. We've got all kinds of brand new content that we'll be having rolled out over the upcoming months. Right now, you have access to uh, an addition to our Juno Davis month, which is a full-length watch-along commentary to The, the Fly. Fly. Buzz, buzz. Ooh. Which is, uh, I gotta tell you now, listener, very entertaining watching it along with Amy Joe because it was her first time. There were times it. when Jeff was like trying to tell me information, and I was like, "Impossible! Uh, hold on, it was I have to." A fool's errand. There is stuff <laughs> happening that there's I like, am unclear on. There's a lot of stuff happening. There, there's out. some stuff happening in this film, not as gross, but there's some violence. Oh, there is. Oh, there some is plot bananas. with plot and plots happening. <laughs> there's plots on plots on plots. Plots on plots. Baby. Plots, 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 plots. Everybody. <laughs> Blacks, so many plots. Uh, it's, a shame, it's, a shame, it's a shame black snappity snap snap screenplay from the 90s. There's all kinds of plots that don't necessarily make sense, but that's not what we're here for. No, we are here for the ride. We are here for a shotgun blast to somehow blow a hole through a house so Large big. Large enough to throw a child through. Through the hole into her treehouse. It was giving me Matilda. <laughs> it was giving me very much Trunchbull swinging the girl by oh, her pigtails, oh, and then Gina her being Davis. like, oh, oh. now I've got flowers. Yeah, that's absolutely how Gina Davis should have been whipping this daughter around. Just a hammer throw. Just a hammer throw. A sensible hammer throw. <laughs> Pam Ferris as uh, Charlie oh. Baltimore. Oh. Trunchbull herself. Now, it didn't occur to me, but now I just want Pam Ferris and everything. No, here's actually what I want. Maybe Timothy, Craig Bjerger, our villain, maybe give him another number two. Pam Ferris is Crunchbowl. That's what we need. That's what we're missing. Because I love, I love everything about this movie. It's completely bananas nonsense if you haven't seen it, a listener. Oh, you really should. I love her kicking all these dudes' asses from Craig Bierko to David Morse. But 
it'd be nice to have like her kicking the shit out of another. It'd be nice to have another tough woman. Just to yeah. get a kill bill. You're it's all, between well, like, Uma versus Lucy Liu, Uma versus Daryl Hannah. Give me, give me Gina Davis versus yes. Trunchbull. <laughs> Gina, oh, give it to oh, me. Trunchbull whipping Gina Davis by the pigtails Come around. On. I mean, that's why she has to get a haircut. She knows. Then she's got to chop off the hair and dye it blonde. Um, and maybe like a reversal. Maybe then she's tossing Pam Ferris around by the pigtails. By that little bun. Fling, but by the bun. You know, it's making me think of, is it the Mission Impossible movie where- Possibly. Where- <laughs> There's a lot of them, I understand. I haven't seen that many of them. The one where he falls out of the window of the skyscraper. Yes. So they're in that Ghost room. Ghost Protocol. The fourth and then one, there's yeah. like, it's not a cat fight, but it's too right. a badass Leia Sadu fight. Yeah. Of a, that's, yeah, I mean, we want films. one of those kinds of, yeah, kinds that's of number what I'm twos. Saying. Yeah. No, but I want like a, I want like a Pam Ferris type. I want like a tank of someone. Yes, we want in, in uh, Encanto. It's um the yeah. strong. Oh, I want that sis- the sister. She has a great whatever song. her name is in Encanto. The strong one. Yeah, the one who's the under goats. pressure. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want. You got Tatiana Maslany in this new trailer for this new She-Hulk oh. show. Give me jacked, yes. jacked Tatiana Maslany. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn where are you Christie? at? Where are you at? Where are you at in the mid? She wasn't around in 1996. I don't think. Well, she um, was around, but not but, Hollywood. But that's where we are right now. We're in October 11th, 1996, which is the date that Long Kiss Goodnight came out uh was directed by Brenny harlan and written by shane black amy joe what's your experience with the long kiss goodnight so i'd only seen half of this before we put <laughs> it on look we put it on at we'll, we'll sometimes have these watch parties at our apartment where we'll we'll have people over and we'll do a movie marathon that jeff curates beautifully it's always a great time thank you thank you but there's a point about every watch party mm-hmm. where people have come in <laughs> and i'm just like standing in the kitchen chatting you have watched enough i've watched plenty you've watched your fill i have and so i'm like i'm gonna chat with my brother i'm gonna chat with whomever else is here that's delightful and then then i watch probably the last third of this movie and you like caught me up i i watch like little snippets of it here and there but really when i sat down on the couch yeah and was paying attention was the last third and we, by when the I time turned, you checked in she had fully transformed into oh, charlie yeah. baltimore yeah absolutely so then when <laughs> when we were watching it for the podcast the other day i was like hmm yeah, this makes a lot more sense with all the setup. <laughs> but I have been aware of this movie for years because my parents loved this movie. Which is my, so funny. Well, me. my dad loves sure. Craig Bierko. He loves kind of like Does he a love bonkers. him from anything besides this movie? Um, Mainly this movie. I don't think he went and saw The Music Man with him in it because uh, he historically hated The Music Man. Uh, wow. I was in it twice. Historically. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's going to go see this new version that's on Broadway right now. But, um, but you it's know. only because it's Hugh Jackman. Maybe. I don't know. Or because Sutton Foster. He's now a Broadway fan. Craig Bierko, his favorite actor from The Long Kiss Goodnight, could be a I think to he turn maybe the tide on the would have been man. interested to see it with Craig Bierko in it. But mm-hmm. like, I wasn't living in New York then. I went. I waited till Craig Bierko left and saw Robert Sean Leonard in it. Now, I have sure. worked with Craig. <laughs> I've worked with this Craig Bierko. Right. This is true. He's very nice. Very tall. Very tall man. He seems like a tall. You kind of would have to be to play opposite Gina Davis. I mean, don't have to. It's Hollywood. But like, he's he's very tall. Um, well, that was who else was considered was Dan DeVito. They, <laughs> they they went a very different direction, as you can. They say. went full twins on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I've been hearing about it because my my dad just loves and look. It's it, the apple doesn't fall very mm-hmm. far. My dad loves <laughs> a like a bonkers villain turn. Sure, and like he's giving you gleeful. The oh, he's sparkle so in the gleeful. eye villain. Oh, he's having a ball. So like my dad's like, I like that guy. I love the idea of if your dad had been like, Craig Bjarko is in a 
Broadway show, we got to see it, like not knowing what it was. And then, and then seeing the music, music man. man and then coming out of it and being like, you know what? I was hoping Craig Bierko might whip, like Winthrop around a bit, maybe threaten to <laughs> shoot, blind him Winthrop and shoot house. him in the legs, which oh I believe is one gosh. of uh, Bierko's threats in this film. Yes, true. Yeah, unfortunately, he knew the music man all too well because I did it twice <laughs> in the space of like, I think two years. I did it in community oh, theater no. and I played Zanita Shin. <laughs> Not with the dancing. I didn't get the dance feature. I just got mm-hmm. the comedy feature saying, ye gods, a lot, you know. <laughs> And then I did it in high school, but I was a freshman. So I played an adult townsperson because mm-hmm. even at 14, mm-hmm. I was taller than almost everybody else. So I didn't play one of the kids. Uh. So I have more experience with The Music Man than with Long Kiss Goodnight, which I think is unsurprising to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I only saw this a few years ago for the first time. And that's why I was like, I'm adding this to the roster for a watch party because it is bananas. So and you said when we were watching it this time, like, forgot this was a christmas film like we need to put it in our holiday rotation absolutely we are definitely next gonna watch this while decorating our tree we are uh, die hard might need to step aside for our action christmas movie to watch no we'll watch it babe we'll watch it but you need you need home alone you need need muppet Muppet christmas Christmas carol Carol. you need jinx and dale's holiday special available on hulu well that's a new one (laughs) it is but i have watched it the last two christmases trimming the tree sure so uh yeah, you know, but I think it could go in the rotation. It's got holiday spirit all over the place. Nice. It's got, oh, it's got holiday spirit coming out the chimney. It's got deer. Maybe not reindeer, but it's certainly got deer. It's mm-hmm. got Christmas sweaters. Sure. It's, it's got, got Christmas carolers. carolers. It's got Christmas songs. It's got Christmas lights playing a pivotal role at the end, you know? Oh, she lights up that helicopter. She sure does. Well, it's also when she rides the lights. I guess they're not technically Christmas lights, but they kind of are. They're they're Christmas lights they're, enough. They're adjacent. I'm going to count it. It's a holiday classic. Hey, listener, we're counting it. It's a holiday classic. Um, But you might not know anything about what we're talking about if you're not familiar with this movie so uh spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the long kiss goodnight or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis we're meeting our girl gina davis as samantha kane uh an amnesiac school teacher amnesia chick as she is called amnesia chick as uh yes as detective mitch hennessy old sam jackson killing refers to her so good he says this is like his favorite role that he's ever played he's so perfectly cast and so funny it's like everything he does well you get action but you get the comedy you get like some moments of like real dropped in drama yeah because he also tends to be someone that's more on the ball you know he's usually someone that has more power in a situation or is like chewing people out in the way that's like i'm sam jackson and i've got all the and power this is, in this he gets itch. to be a bit more of a clown you well, yeah because he's kind of a failure he's kind of a yeah. he's a pi that's well, he using these it. like scams where he's trying to get like just a couple hundred bucks like he's not even getting a lot of money and he's no. hiring like these vomiting drug addicted yeah. homeless people very to low pretend rent. to be cops yeah. very low rent which is a fun it's fun it's because it's very different to see him in this, yeah, with this he's extra shade very alpha and in this it's like seeing like you know, that this is not exactly right, but like someone who peaked early and then has had to like deal with like, uh, although oh, he's always he's, talking about how he won the trophy in high school in the big football game. He's got, got his varsity dress jacket he's wearing the, the whole game. time. Ah, oh, yeah, that's how it was. Oh, it was old Mitch. 
Oh, I was, I was Mitch. getting rich with Mitch. That's what they said. Because you get Mitch on your team and you're getting rich as a team because you're making it to the finals. Baby. I could have been a contender. There's a really strange monologue in the uh, middle of yeah, this Yeah, yeah. Really unexpected. Right. Um, but yeah, for someone who's just like, I haven't made one right decision my entire life. Yeah. Oh, real quick, going off on Mitch, like he's divorced. We see the mother in like yeah. two parts. This actress is she's amazing. Got, I think she's got like one, maybe two yeah. lines. And just the look on her face, that dry, like. he's dropping the toy off for his kid that he doesn't really see often. And the kid's like, mom's going to ask. She's going to, if he stole, stole this. She's going to look to see if oh, there been any robberies lately. And she's just looking at him just like, you, you piece, piece of, of dirt. You yeah. get out of here. She's great. Yeah, it's that. And then at the very end, seeing him on Larry King. Again, like the. <laughs> the face on her where she's just like the disbelief and the anger but underneath the disbelief it's just so beautifully done in like no lies it's like this is acting well it's great that it's like he ends whatever we're skipping to the end slightly here that he ends where he's like he's on larry king and he's getting like a real big shout out from the president and that's what's like well the president's shouting you out but like one of the first thing he says is like ah you know i always like to be frank and earnest with women in new york i'm frank in chicago i'm earnest it's just like and if that doesn't want my wife to take me back i don't know what will me joking about (laughs) me sleeping with other women sam jack an importance of being earnest reference slightly slightly uh sam jackson's nervous acting Mm. when he's on like is so good it's It's so charming because it's so well done yeah just like yeah of course he's nervous and he's overcompensating but it's just so funny anyway not to go immediately to the end but um let's go back to where we were at the beginning so back at the beginning but yes (laughs) long story short in this setup samantha kane she's a school teacher she's playing mrs claus in the big town parade right hot mrs claus oh i mean forget about it and then she has this car accident where she's driving home this like town drunk slash lech well they had a party at their house sure and this guy is drunk so she's like i'll give you a lift home basically and they hit a deer that kind of starts to rejog her memory a bit well no the the deer doesn't it's the accident the accident around. right yeah, the no, deer the, isn't like remember the, <laughs> remember where you came Samantha. from it's me your patronus <laughs> um no she yeah this deer like this phew, it like goes through the windshield and then it's like swiping its little legs and it's like cutting yeah. girl's head it's wild well this is i mean they, I mean, I think it's also done really well in Get Out, but it's like that. This is why, like, hitting a deer is so dangerous because it's like you've got hooves, you've got antlers. It's a huge, like, dense animal. Like, it's very. Oh, that is scary. one dense deer. That's one dense deer. But like the the drunk guy is like, I'm not drunk. See, I can do this, and he's like touching his nose, but he's like doing the thing where he's like one finger in and the other arm out, so he keeps extending his arm into her face. She's like, Stop it, Earl! Yeah. Stop! Stop it! Earl is the cause of this car accident. Absolutely. Which is, I assume, why Gina Davis leaves him to die. (laughs) Well, she's (laughs) flung out and she she falls asleep in the snow. But then she wakes up and is looking around. She sees the car is on fire. Earl passed out. The deer in pain. First thing she does cracks the deer kill neck. this crack this deer's neck put it out of its misery and then she goes back to sleep so she leaves earl to die well i think we can safely assume she's had you know a concussion 
Um, this is true. But, but but luckily the tone, we're not dipping too low too long because then no. she realizes well, never that never is got, Earl mentioned again. Oh, no. Earl is his. He, not only is he dead, his us. memory is dead to us. <laughs> but then she realizes she could be. She's chopping carrots so fast. She realizes this is who I used to be. I was a chef. And they're like, oh, my God. It The full blown, the it's, saxophone. We are in a very special episode of Full House with this nonsense. So, something else. I'm on a roll here. They give her a peppers, peppers. I got the peppers. A tomato. Yeah. Scallions. <laughs> She's like covered in scallions. Right. And then she does her full knife at the wall and is like, and chefs the, do that. The boyfriend's like, huh. <sighs> like there's a moment of that sounds. I think I said that a lot. I was like, that's unsettling. You can see in his eyes, like, not so sure I like that part. Right. So at the same time that she is this car accident that starts to jog some of her memories, Mitch also, because she like hired a bunch of detectives to try to look up anything on her. So at the same time, he also finds, finally gets like a lead to help on the case. So yeah. he's also heading towards her to help her. And the video of her as Mrs. Claus is on TV. So this guy in jail sees her. The, all it's a lot of, of these things dinks. happen. A lot of quick. Well, you know, it's a Christmas miracle. Is it? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, this guy in jail, <laughs> old one-eyed Jack, because she got one of his eyes mm-hmm. back in her previous life that we don't know yet about. He breaks out of but jail. Like, right there. I guess it has been eight years, so now he's one-eyed Jack. But you would think you would have had like some criminal nickname prior to that. Well, maybe it's like Scar from The Lion King. It's like, that's what you oh. get. You name him Scar. He's going to get a scar eventually. Well, he had you know, one, didn't he? From birth? Oh, uh, yeah. That happens in the early part, huh? It's Scar? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Lion King in forever. I just assumed that his name was Scar, and so he's destined to get a scar. Yeah, you've really got to watch out for that Chekhov's naming your child Scar. Be part. careful. So don't don't nickname your child One-Eyed Jack or uh, Gina Davis is going to I think that, that seems the most likely thing. Yeah. But yeah, One-Eyed Jack shows up at the house where Gina Davis kills him, as we said, breaks his neck, is licking the blood, and is like, chefs, do that. As her old life, is, her old persona is starting to come back to the And forefront. as her current boyfriend is really reassessing the situation. But he's still like, I'm not scared of whatever you find out about yourself. Whatever you find out, I'll be here. Because my, my girl, you're a 1996 Gina Davis, I and I true. am a guy who Jeff still can't remember the name of I know. the actor. We or the character. Hal, apparently. Hal? Hal? I was going to guess Steve. Like, here's the thing about mm-hmm. this guy. He's so... <sighs> milk toast kind of not not like i think it's very admirable to be like look i know you've been through hell and like this is obviously he a thing he knows about her that like you know the amnesia of it all right but like we don't know enough about their relationship nah, to, and not like, we just see him give, but we see him giving that toast and everything and i'm like oh this guy's kind of fine i guess yeah he's got but like some jokes. i don't like a funny i don't care type. about uh their love enduring let's put it that no, way no no I mean, the even though he seems like a real good dad to Caitlin, because that's yeah. the other thing we didn't mention is that she oh, like she right. woke up from like eight years ago. She just like woke up not knowing who she was, and she was two months pregnant with Caitlin, so mm-hmm. she has no idea like who the father is. And this guy seems like oh, you know, he's like being yeah. a real good dad to Caitlin, totally. so he's got that going for him as well. He seems like a stand-up guy who is almost a complete blank slate, who's just there. But honestly, you honestly, know, that's what we're they do so to used women to the opposite. The exactly. exactly. So it's, I so love right. that you we know don't what? get to know Great anything job. else about him. I Great love that job. we don't check into him because Caitlin gets kidnapped later in the movie. And I feel like there may have been a deleted scene where we see like how maybe he gets like roughed up or knocked out because he's just gone. Yeah. We don't see him worried that his stepdaughter no. or whatever. I mean, or, he's just or, a boyfriend, I guess, but still. Yeah. Or the daughter of his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least he knows that she's going. Yeah. 
And he, because he's like, whenever whatever happens, if you find out that you're a mass murderer, I'll still be here. He doesn't yeah. say that, but he might as well. But the we never check in with him until the very end when we are in whatever this farmhouse is. Um, but yeah, the rest of the movie is her trying to piece together who she is. She's getting clues. It takes her to Brian Cox, but they don't know if they could trust Brian Cox. So she's like, this guy might be my fiance, David Morse. But nope, he was her mark back when she was a, an assassin. And David Morse t- tortures her with a water, like Ugh. underwater, I mean, t- until she scene, wakes back up into remembering that she's Charlie. Was like how horrible that scene must have been to film. They apparently, Gina Davis, because she was married to Rennie Harlan at the right. time, they they tested it in their bathtub at home to see like how long she could hold her breath underwater. Like the two of like him timing her yeah. and be like her like training to do be able wow. to stay under for as yeah. long as possible. Which I mean, she killed Gina Davis crushing all these action oh, scenes. This she I wrote down at one point, like she is sensational in this. It's so good. Um, but she gets her memory back and kills David Morse. And we finally, we kind of get more of Craig Bierko as Timothy. Right. He's, um, cause the plot is a little like, w- it's meaningless, but it's like, what is happening? It's very MacGuffin. Right. Like, she was supposed to heavy. kill David Morse and, Craig Bierko back before she got amnesia, but now there's been budget cuts with the CIA or whatever, whoever, whatever, whatever operation this is. What what are they called? Control? Control, something like that. Control. So now it's like now we have to work with Craig Bierko and we're doing this like false yeah, it's flag like he operation. Was some kind of like mercenary and like right. now it's like, all right, well, we'll hire the mercenary then. Right. And because we, we need more our budget. So we're faking a terrorist attack with this right. chain reaction bomb blah blah so that blah, we blah. can get more military so get, allocation yeah. it worked you know they're making the government the bad guy which to me always a good always a good sign in your that's movie that's true that's true i'm always a fan if you're or like with Die Hard talking about earlier it's like oh they're just bank robbers you know it's like we don't need to be blaming other countries Correct. with fake well and the and fact that they even BS. even in 96 they were like oh we're gonna blame the muslims obviously it's like well yeah, yeah. like uh that you know this stuff didn't come out of nowhere, you know. Uh, no, no. But um, yeah, Gina Davis like remembers enough because she's kind of like stops caring about the daughter. She's like, I that was yeah. my old Samantha. That was old me. That's I'm not that girl anymore. Now I've got my hair cut, well, and we, my hair bleached. It looks awesome, and now I know how to apply eyeliner. But we also learned from Brian Cox that that was her cover. Yes, so Samantha she, like, Kane, bought her school cover. teacher was her cover. So yeah, she thinks that that's who she is. Which listener. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, it's not that dissimilar from the plot of American Dreamer starring <laughs> Joe Beth Williams and Tom Conti. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Get into but it. It's kind of the reverse. It is, in fact, the reverse. Because she then wakes up and thinks that she's a real, like a spy, that she thinks that she's. Yes, indeed. But who copied whom? What movies from 1984? <laughs> and what movies from 1996? Well, I feel like there might be a movie even earlier than that no, that it's no. all copying. Why but get into I, the weeds why, with that? Why are we in the weeds? <laughs> why we, are we in the weeds? It's Christmas. Why are we here in the weeds? <laughs> uh, yes, but. Gina Davis, she saves the day. This little girl, Caitlin. I mean, this little girl, this little lisp. It's like, how dare they have this little girl that's like, get up, mom. You can do like, oh my gosh, life is pain. You just get well, we used to it. I haven't gotten to that part yet. I know we're pretty much there because they get kidnapped. Gina Davis saves the day. This little girl, she's on a road trip with Mitch. Yes, Gina Davis is the road trip with Mitch to get kind of figure, figure out what's out going on yeah. and then stop this this plot from happening uh-huh. the little girl manages to get away and hide on oh, the truck that's says, gonna blow up hide caitlin yeah. hide so and she, she hides in a, a there's a box attached to this truck that is perfectly little girl size it sure is do all trucks have that box 
You're looking at me like I know? Me, 18-wheeler driver, Amy Jo Jackson? Well, that's why I'm asking you. (laughs) Honk, honk. You're right, Jeff. They all do. Every last one of them. Honk, honk, I'm right. Uh, But yes, long story short, she stops the plot. She kills Timothy, who is, of course... Caitlin's father, which we, we know learn. from pretty much moment one, but right, you know. uh, and yeah, Kate, she just saw Charlie, Jeannie Davis decides to stay out of the game because the president is like, There's always a spot for you here if you want to be a spy again. She's like, I'm good, man. Yeah. I stole all this good. money earlier, I right? Where I from stole, I stole a bunch of money and now I'm on the land with my my boring boyfriend, Hal, and my daughter, Caitlin. Uh, and now we're living the dream as Mitch is on Larry King, living his best life. So uh, we're already chatting about it, but any other initial thoughts, Amy Cho? Anything that jumped out at you this time now seeing the first half yeah. of the film? Yeah, you know, one <laughs> thing that jumped out at me, and this may seem minor. In fact, it may seem so small. But when we're introduced to Caitlin, she's in her treehouse. And yeah. um, she has a couple of friends, and one of them is in a coat that's so big and puffy and blue. She looks like Violet Beauregard at the end yeah. of her appearance she in Willy Wonka. She is mid-turning into a blueberry. She is the full violet. Um, it just feels important to mention. Um, and uh, uh-huh. oh yeah, the line. Who is it? Who is it? Patrick Malahide playing like the head of the CIA or whatever. Yeah. But he has this line reading when they've kidnapped the kid and she's asleep in bed and he gives her the little like this plastic dolly and he goes, "The young one gets a doll to play with on Christmas." It's like, yeah, that's a totally normal way to say that. And it was a creepy doll. It yeah, was like a little bald doll. Bald. Well, you know, a lot of those like plastic dolls will have like plastic hair. So it's not actually bald. Well, yeah. It's just like plastic and you don't really see it, but it's also one of those that like drinks and wets. But and the hair is the color of the skin. Maybe I didn't get enough of a good look at it cuz I was hiding my eyes cuz it did in fact freak me out. And then one more thought, how after that giant explosion that put Sam Jackson in a tree, does Craig Bierko oh. not have a scratch on him? Excellent question. But yeah, because Gina Davis and I'll just call it Gina Davis. Gina Davis and, and Caitlin are like, you're going to be kept in this freezer. You're going to freeze to death. And Sam Jackson is tied up like upstairs, like two stories up in this hotel, wherever they are. Not wherever they are. He's going to get shot. They're going to get frozen. So Gina Davis manages to like, well, she gets this like, that's right. She hides gas in the doll. Yes. So this doll is like keying gas, gasoline to then so they can blow up the door. Makes a trail with the gas and then is oh, like, right, right. With, has this crowbar, is like striking the Give floor to make spark. a spark. Give, Give me a spark. spark. Come on, come on. And after so long, this little girl pulls matches out of her cast because she sprained her arm because Gina Davis was like, you can, you can ice skate. You don't need my help. She's like, I'm not ready. She Do barely it. falls. And she fractured her wrist. Fractures it. But she, she keeps the matches in the cast because I use it to light the candle for you, mommy. I, li- I use it to I light your candle, have, mommy. And I would have trunch-bulled that kid out the window. Yeah, if, taking you, that you, crowbar. You've matches the whole time? Uh-oh. What do you, wait, take the crowbar. I'm not saying I would, but I'm saying she's in assassin mode. Who's to say? This is true. You know? this is but true. Like, instead, she spends a good 20 seconds <laughs> hugging her and being like, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. But so they blow it up. And this is one of the biggest explosions I've ever seen. In a movie. Yes, and, and huge multiple Jackson, deaths for sure. Sam Jackson flies out that window as if Gina Davis has thrown him into a treehouse. He goes <laughs> out, he goes through a sign all the way out to a tree. Like truly, he 50 should feet. be 
blown to smithereens. And yeah, and then, Craig Bierko doesn't have a scratch. Craig Bierko's like, a, like, and then Sam Jackson is like in disarray because he has gone through a sign in a tree. Sam but Jackson Bierko, dies seven times in this movie. Oh, everybody he except be for all the people that die over. way too easily, you know. But the, but yeah, Craig Bierko is like fresh as a daisy, fresh as <laughs> fresh as the day, way I started this day. You know, it's like wait, wait, you're not even limping. There's not even no. like oh some no. oh my hair. No. There's some dust upon me. No, no, nothing. He's looking a dream. He's looking at Craig Bierko. Just like cheeky as can be. So anyway, I have other thoughts, but those are my initial. I love it. Um, I had a great time. I really enjoyed this film. 10 out of 10, we'd watch it again. Uh, Probably uh, we'll we'll watch it in before. We're watching it during Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. While we decorate our tree. So uh, screenwriter Shane Black, who also, I mean, he wrote... last action hero and lethal weapon and then mm. made the jump to directing if you're not familiar with him with kiss kiss bang bang he directed see i'm not so i'm being right. educated right now thanks so he's directed kiss kiss bang bang and the third iron man movie amongst other things um but he was like a real i think it was like the most a screenwriter was paid at the time i don't think it was for it might have been for this but i forget but he was at one time he was like the highest paid screenwriter wow. i believe if i'm not mistaken um, but so he sold the script with the intention of Rennie Harlan directing and Gina Davis starring. Right. Cause they were married at the time. Right. But they had to put it on hold because they were, Rennie and Gina Davis were contractually obligated to make Cutthroat Island first, which at the time was one of the biggest box office bombs yep. of all time. Wow. I think at the time it was the biggest box office bomb. Uh, so that didn't help with this movie no. to come out a year later with another big Pairing. action movie with from Gina Davis and Rennie Harlan. Well, and like there's the classic Hollywood saying, you're only as good as your last picture. That's true, which is a shame because I think as silly as this movie is. It's and so fun. Ridiculous. It's so fun and so bonkers. And that's what I want with a film like this. I, yeah. I don't want it to be good. I want it to be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the casting directors of The Long Kiss Goodnight were Mary Vernou and Ronnie Yeskel. A BAFTA nominee for casting Promising Young Woman, Vernou has also cast such films as Black Swan, Knives Out, Silver Linings Playbook, and previous episode Training Day. Crushing it. Yeskel, an Emmy nominee for casting Curb Your Enthusiasm, has also cast such projects as L.A. Law, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction. Wow. Crush, crush, crush. Uh, so let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, or some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Joe is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Truly, I couldn't be more in the dark for this. Oh, get ready. But let's kick it off with Timothy. So, Amy Joe, your thoughts on that Craig Bierko, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? He's so good in this, and it really makes me wonder. Like, I don't know. Is he like, I mean, I worked with him, but for like a week of my life, like, is he difficult to work with? Like, why didn't he hit? Like, he's so good. It's a good question. He is, but he's also, it's like such a, not against him, but it's such a, as written one note, like I'm a psychopath that I don't know. That could be typecasting. Like I got to know him through Boston Legal, because mm. I watched all, I, for whatever reason, I loved Boston Legal. Really? I think it was just the James Spader of it all. James Spader. Is Tony Heald on that show? Mm, he might have been a judge He's for a few episodes. On some Boston No, no, Boston show. Public. Boston oh, Public was, yes, that's, was that's that. No, it was James Spader, Candace Bergen, Will Shatner, of course, and then like a revolving door of like everyone from right. Monica Potter to Rona Mitra to whomever uh and then in craig they brought in craig bierko in like season three or whatever and i found him to be 
the most unlikable character. <laughs> like literally one of, every time he came on screen, I was just, I hate this guy. And he's just brought in to shake things up, especially with a strong personality like James Spader. You got to bring in a Craig Bierko to kind of throw him for a loop because he's such a strong, he's a strong flavor that Craig Bierko oh, yeah. can be. Um, so I don't, I don't know why he doesn't really like he works. He's always working and he's it might just be working. the stuff that we haven't seen, but he's not been in like, He's, he's never like third build Craig Bierko. He's, he's never in the be. top five. Craig, he could you know? be like just seeing this performance and like, he could be you a know. third, he could be a third or fifth build. Yeah. You could have him in that level. Yeah. Sure. So I think he's so great. And so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a little perplexing to me. So I went for, I was like, what is it that works for me about this performance? Because it's not necessarily what's on the page, but it's also what he's bringing to it. And I think what he's bringing to it that I am responding positively to is this like kind of boyish glee. Oh, he's a little stinker. He's a little stinker. You want someone who's kind of a little bit of a scoundrel, <laughs> you know? So I have I have a few like people who I'm like, I, I buy that texture on them. Great. My first thought, if it's made like today, is Zachary Levi. Because I feel oh. like that's what he's bringing 100%. I'm interested Just in that. Just like good looking, kind of mischievous. Never seen Zachary Levi in like a villain turn. And I'm intrigued Oh, but by I think that. it would totally work on I that. agree. But yeah. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm into that. My other thought for today is Max Greenfield. From uh, New Girl, yeah. and, and, which, of course, the phrase scoundrel, <sighs> I thought of him as soon because there's <sighs> this great line in Veronica Mars where he says, like, I'm a scoundrel. And he says it in such a way that's like this. You know, this guy just cleans up. Yeah. This guy is walking. He goes into a bar and he walks out with four different numbers. Yes, yes, exactly. But I was like, oh, yeah, that he'd also be great. And that's just something I love like, the idea of Max Greenfeld. This made yeah. today one hundo. Absolutely. Max Greenfeld um, made maybe. Mm, let me see. All of these made more, this one, like a few years earlier, like okay. a considerably earlier, like maybe a Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. Just thinking of him being the best part of yeah. Wonder Woman 1983, I mean. you know, um, and then made more at 96. This is not an actor I ever think of. I mean, he's around, but not an actor I ever think of or I'm that interested in. But Wallace like, Shawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always thinking about Wallace Shawn. No, um, but I was like, oh, yeah, if if we're talking like mid 90s, maybe early 90s, mm -hmm. George Clooney. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, very we're, what, young we're George Clooney. ER's ER yes. George Clooney, because that's, I mean, like this might be the same year as From Dusk Till Dawn or thereabouts, but like that was like one of his first big things. Yeah. 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 And he's playing a real like. He starts that line. line between like CAD and love interest yeah. very well in a way that I think I like would that. be a useful flavor. Totally. Um, then I thought. Maybe Matt Dillon. Yeah. I yeah. think this would be right in his pocket. I thought of this actor while I was watching it. I was like, I'm glad it's not him, but I could see him being in it if it were a bigger part. And that's Nicolas Cage. Oh, this is see, I thought real, you were going like, to say Matthew McConaughey. God, no, never. No, get away from my movie. Like um, Nick Cage, yeah. But Nicolas Cage, this is yeah. like a less deranged take. Like, like here's the thing. Craig Bierko is staying in his lane. In this movie, yeah. in a way that really works and services the film, I feel like Nicolas Cage would be the like movie kind of overtaking. It. Comes to Craig Bierko. Craig Bierko never feels as, as That's like such a good as, way to put as it. over the top of a characterization. It is he's never going over the top. He's no. never like having like Cage style freakouts. No, he's never like. I now I'm angry, so now I'm gonna destroy this room or whatever, or shoot shoot my like coat. I mean, you'd have like the guy calling him in the walkie-talkie, like, oh, I think I'm dying. Over, keep dying. Over. Yeah, <laughs> but he's but never. Like, it's that's, going so over the top with it. He's like he's, he's got control. 
he's coloring very vividly within the lines yeah. as opposed to like Nicolas Cage is like, I Nick am Cage not is giving you attention. a Pollock I mean, painting the of, full of the page. Craft. Yeah. <laughs> so those were, those were my thoughts for that. I thought this, this would be a really fun part for a lot of different people because uh, partially because yeah. it's like fun, but not so fully drawn. It actually right. can leave a, a smart actor, some room to play around in. Totally. Cause he is, I mean, he's a sociopath is like the main yeah. color. Away. Right. And so within that, you do have a lot of freedom to kind of sculpt that as sculpt. you will. Yeah. When you know it's like he's kind of operating at his own rhythm and his own frequency. And we're 1996. He's a little young, but we're like a year off from Tal Mr. Ripley. Give me that Jude Law mm. I'd be mm-hmm. interested in. This would be very different. But for whatever reason, I was like, and knowing that this would be so different, but I'm th- I kept thinking Ed Harris. Oh. You're getting a lot of more gravitas with it, but I and you're getting the threat. I'm thinking of him in uh, A History of Violence, where he just like yeah. saddles up next to Viggo Mortensen just to be like, oh, hey there, Joey. And it's just like, oh, my name's not Joey. He's like, okay, Joey. He's like, sure, sure. Like, you don't remember me. Oh, okay. And it's just like, I'm inserting myself into your life oh, yeah. now, and I'm not going anywhere. To me, he kind of straddles the line between, what is it, Daedalus? Daedalus? Daedalus. Daedalus, David Morse. David Morse. And that like, yeah. which I mean, like, Ed Harris is, exceptionally talented he can do whatever he wants Three, two. i hear that though i mean that david Moore, we'll get to him oh, later but david morris so good. good um and then i'm just like listing actors that have played sociopaths um <laughs> ben foster i i uh-huh. really love and i he does so many great things so well but i'm um, thinking of him in like 310 to yuma where he's just a sociopath uh glenn howerton of it's always sunny in philadelphia is dennis because that's the joke with dennis if you watch it's always sunny is that he's a murderer that he's probably that he is a sociopath but he gives i can so see him giving this performance that craig bierko yes is giving which one is he the blonder one or is he the one who sings the the keeper of the night? Ah, oh, <laughs> um, you can tell I. Well, they all well-versed. sing that at some point, but he's probably that. I don't. I mean, he's. I think he's both. There isn't a blonde. He's probably the blondest of them, but he's not really blonde. Uh, it's probably him. It's that you're thinking of. <laughs> Great. Trying to explain to someone I'll, that I'll doesn't watch later. it's always sunny. Yeah, look, I've um, seen a couple right. of episodes. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, this <laughs> Adam Scott. Oh, because Adam's got his two flavors. That. He's either lovable Ben Wyatt or he's a sociopath. He's, yes, I love that. He's on the good place and he's like crazy. He's in he's in this terrible movie, Torque, with Ice Cube, where he just plays like the cop or like an FBI agent. And he's wearing graphic tees and blazers oh, no. and his hair is about a foot tall. And he's just doing that. The snappy rat-a-tat-tat where there's nothing behind the eyes. He's yeah. just like a dead, cold shark and just being snappy. Uh, but I'd love to see it. I love that. And made even more recently, uh, Michael Mando, who's playing Nacho on Better Call Saul, is probably what he's best known for. He was also an Orphan Black, uh, who I, I just love. He's an incredibly dynamic actor. Um, I love him. Or uh, give me Get Out's Daniel Kaluuya, which if you saw the movie Widows, the Steve McQueen film with Viola, you would know that he can play a sociopath really, really well. Well, he's a very good actor. So although I've not seen that movie, everything else he's in, I bet he's good. My only problem was he was not in the movie enough. Enough. Uh, Craig Bierko. Also, it was his idea to use the song She's Not There for when oh, you turn to a good moment. the montage of her doing, cutting the hair and bleaching the mo- It's so good. I, I mean, I've always loved that song. Oh, like, yeah. The but it's like it couldn't version. be more perfect in that moment. Yeah. Oh, that well, good job, good Craig Bierko. Good on him. And so only one other actor that I could find that was up for this role 
different Craig. Craig Ferguson. What? Auditioned. <laughs> okay. Late nights, Craig Ferguson. Uh, how I trained your dragon, how to train your dragons, I, Craig Ferguson. So I intentionally only went with American actors for this because I thought it would be very easy to start going into like Brits. Yeah. Um, or 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 Scots. Or, well, well, Scots technically they're still Brits mm. uh, at the time of this Fair recording. Enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Fair enough. But um, but even like yeah, it'd be very easy to like go you know something like this go like. There's a lot, there's not oh, yeah. Christoph Waltz, but there's like a lot of great, you know, like uh, European actors. But I mean, thing. Christoph Waltz. But, <laughs> are we ever mad about it? But um, that's wild to me. I mean, I guess I've never seen him act. I, I used to watch a lot of his show a lot. But. Well, what I used to watch a lot of is what he was doing and instead in 1996, which was the start of the Drew Carey show. What? Because he's Mr. Wick. He's oh, you can Drew's tell I boss. never watched a dang episode. Of and that. meanwhile, I watched maybe ninety percent of the episodes <gasps> of that. I watched all of the Drew. I, here's the thing: I loved Whose Line Is It Anyway. Well, me too. And so I was like, "Well, there's a sitcom with Drew and Ryan Styles on it. Well, Ryan I know Styles. what I'm doing." Uh, yeah, uh, I loved it though. But yeah, he's Mr. Wick, which apparently, because I forgot, that's how I first got to know him. Is that he's doing a super posh. Like British mm-hmm. accent or English accent, I guess, on the show, to, because of like, as he said, like all he's supposed to just be himself, be Scottish. It's probably, I think the role is just written to be American until right. they hired him. But he's like all these English actors that do such dreadful Scottish accents. Like I'm going to stick it to them, and I'm just going <laughs> to have Carrie. What do you think you're doing? And he had so I assumed he was english uh for so long until because then it was so long after that seeing that show that i would see him pop up on late night and i'm like oh he's scottish i guess he was always scottish on drew carey show but that's what he was doing he was doing the drew carey show wow well that had to probably lead directly to a late night situation like going into a comedic sitcom has to be a much clearer stepping stone than you know an action film I, I'd imagine so. You know, we're still waiting on that uh, late night with Craig Bierko. Uh, we sure are. Not quite we his sure career are. path. Um, I'm curious because I've never seen Craig Ferguson act in anything else, I don't sure. think. He's very charming, though. He's very winning on television, his monologues yeah. and all the stuff. He's, he's a great, like, storyteller insofar yeah. as, like, his, his monologues and the way he relates anecdotes and stuff. So Definitely. There's a great video. Because I've used him sometimes as one of my um, dialect references when I'm teaching someone Scottish because he's a Makes very sense. a very clear, easy to understand Scottish accent because he's been living in the States and, you know, he's communicating to Americans. So, like, I'll use him being like, hey, listen to this. So he does a great monologue like this would have been around 2008 when Britney shaved her head and that whole thing. And he basically, yeah. like, is like, I'm not going to make fun of Britney. I'm doing no more Britney jokes. And he, like, tells his story of getting sober. It's like a 10-minute video. It's so good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I recommend yeah, watching I that. Have, but just, like, hearing how he, that. like, Ugh. I mean, I've watched a, a lot of his stuff because it is very useful for accent stuff. But, you know, he's, uh, he's really dynamic. So I feel like I'm I'm interested. I'd love to see a screen test. I'd That's love what I'll to say. see a I'd love to see test. some screen tests of Craig Ferguson as different roles. Uh, but let's move on to... Charlie. Charlie. Old Charlie. Samantha Charlie. Samantha Kane slash Charlie Baltimore. Amy, your thoughts on that Gina Davis and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Gina crushes it. So good. Are we surprised? So good. She's so good. I mean, here's the thing. She's actually playing so well with 
the different ways we are used to seeing her on screen, right? Like Samantha Kane is like very like Beetlejuice, Thelma, Earth Girls are easy. That kind of like, well, I'm up and I'm excitable and I'm just so nice kind of thing. And then you've got her harder edged, more like a a more extreme version of, of like this, this badass kind of, you know, hard, hard knocks, you know, it's so great. And she's so good at all the action. And she, she takes some of these lines that should be really hard to say and makes them less embarrassing, you know? So some are a mouthful. Some of these, I mean, that's the thing, the Shane Black, it's, that was all the rage in the nineties. That's the snappy snap patter. It's really when she has to, when she's licking the pie and she says chefs do that after that's when I was like, okay, I'm really seeing the screenwriter's (laughs) hand in here. I'm seeing you typing in a final draft, giggling to yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of thing. Um, but I think she's so great. Giggling to yourself, rubbing the remaining Coke out of your nose. That's probably that. Probably a lot of that. Um, my first thoughts were uh, literally all of the women of Kill Bill. So it's I mean, like yeah. Uma, yeah. Daryl Hannah, sure. Vivica A. Fox, yes. Lucy Liu. Yes. I was like, yes, yes, any one of these women, because so many of them in that movie, those movies, we see them playing these kind of like double life aspects. Like yeah. we see the shape shifting and they, that's, that's what you really need is like someone who can do these kick-ass action sequences, but can also sell the beginning in a way that doesn't feel disingenuous. Absolutely. So I think any of them would be great. I thought this is also a great fit for JLo. Oh, Cause okay. she does a lot of this kind of like rom-com yeah. acting and then action acting. It's like, that's, oh, yeah. that's really like the center of what I mean, this there, needs. there you go. You're like two years away from out of sight. You have her and George Clooney as uh Oh, Hey, get the two of them for this go. instead. Obviously Charlize. I, I mean, mean, please. That's obviously. like a gimme, a gimme. Yeah. Um, Michelle Rodriguez. I thought would be really great. Mm. Um, the Sigourney Weaver. You uh, know, like, I mean, obviously it's always just to pick like, cause it, they, there's, there's just so, so, so fewer, badass action films designed for women because they just don't give i mean now we're seeing a bit of a more but especially in 1996 that just wasn't the case if this was like a few years later well even around that time but probably just even like five years later um angelina jolie same or halle berry oh Um, yeah and then if this is made today uh my first choice is emily blunt i love that yeah because emily blunt is she's yeah you want a really strong actor who can kick ass. Yes, but you also want like I'm so seeing the the just that maternal yeah side with Emily Blunt, just her in Quiet Place, her in like so many things. That's great, and then we just see her kick all the ass in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I love that. I have so many the same as you. I mean, it's so easy to be like Sigourney, Charlize, Uma, Angelina uh-huh. Jolie, all the women that are that we've seen pew, pew. kick ass and stuff. Pew, pew. Totally, that's kicking noises. I could also see at the time of the film. We're right around Jackie Brown. I could see the Pam Greer mm, version of this. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. reunite her and Sam Jackson, or hey. I guess I guess pre-unite because it's before Jackie Brown. But they got great chemistry in Jackie Brown. I know, I know. <laughs> Go with it. Um, you could do a one. I'd be interested in the one-to-one with Jackie Brown. So you just keep Sam Jackson. Yeah. You replace Gina with Jackie Brown instead of Craig Bierko. Give me Michael Keaton. He's someone oh, that I'm. Now that's a deranged sociopath. You know? He's great with that energy. Yes. I'm down with that. Maybe you get you uh, Robert De Niro for the Brian Cox role or the David Morse role. Yeah, I think you could do it. I think you could do the one to one. Um, but made more recently, or or you get like Chris Tucker to play the Craig Bierko. 
Okay, and then what's Michael Keaton doing? Michael then Keaton is playing Brian the, Cox. Oh, and, he's the Brian Cox. Or or Michael Keaton is playing Daedalus. He's playing and, David Morse. And, and um, Robert De Niro is Brian Cox. Yes. We got us. We, we got us. Our, we got us. Oh, wait. We, Rob, we forgot fiction. Robert Forster. Robert Forster can be the guy in charge of everything. Or yeah, the, yeah, the, as Max Cherry. Or Robert yeah. Forster. Robert Forster, the Brian Cox role. De Niro. Mm-hmm. The president at the oh, end. Come on, then he's only got to film like two days, one go. day really. That's like two scenes he's in. Or Robert, you have Robert De Niro as Hal, the most boring boyfriend in the world who disappears <laughs> from the movie. You're like, no, he's he's Gene. He has a cameo as <laughs> no. drunk Gene. Oh, um, uh, Earl. 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 Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. Another single. He'll syllable. just drunkenly be accidentally be groping Gina Davis, and then he'll get kicked in the head by a deer. <laughs> That's a good use right. for Robert That's De Niro, a great one of, a, use of, one of our greatest actors, <laughs> two-time Academy Award winner, Robert De Niro, kicked in the head by a deer and then uh, left to die in a flame, flaming car. Never be spoken of again. But made today who I think would crush this. She's, you so see it in those, as Samantha Kane, but I want to see her as Charlie Baltimore. Give me Sandra Oh. Thinking of oh, her well, and killing yes. Eve as she's slowly embracing like the darkness within mm-hmm. her. I would be into that. Yeah, hundo. But that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Charlie and one was not. And Amy Joe's to guess which is which. Your options are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh Steven Seagal. Oh my god. And Sylvester Stallone. Okay, so this is why. The boyfriend's written as such a non-entity. Because during development, New Line Cinema considered turning the lead character into a male. Because they got a bit of cold feet about having a female starring action movie. Arnold, Sly, and who? Arnold, Sly, and Seagal. That's terrible. I mean, uh, who? uh, I don't know. I'm going to (laughs) go Seagal. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Arnold. That is correct. As far as I can tell, Arnold was not considered, but Sylvester Stallone and Steven Seagal were both considered. Now, what I'm interested in, because how much do you have to you have to change if you have a male in the lead? It's not just like an ounce of guy. It's like, so there's no daughter or right, right. you just you have to you have a God. different um, emotional hook of like who they've kidnapped or it's schwarzenegger and you combine this with junior (laughs) i woke up and i was two months pregnant danny danny we have to get this baby out brother (laughs) this is totally unrelated well not totally unrelated it's still about the podcast but not on this thread Tony Collette would be good in this part, too. Oh, yeah. I'd be down for that. I love that. We know she can play more than one part at a time. <sighs> um, Where my United States of Terror fans at? What, what? Maybe he, he just wakes up with the with the daughter already. He wakes up with the baby. <laughs> What's this? A child? And like a little, like a little papoose. Just like, he has this little baby with him already oh, as he wakes gosh. up. Yeah, just like <laughs> slung over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously it's a different concept. It's a bit. Yeah. So of all people, like, I mean, this one, even like Bruce Willis is still a little more of an everyman. Yes. Sylvester Stallone and Steven Seagal are such like, we're cops or 
we're secret agents, like, or we're like, like, and I get that this character is also a spy, but like imagining like, but the character's a secret agent. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you just having to flip everything. So we start the movie with like Sylvester Stallone. He's the Santa Claus going around in the parade (laughs) that they see on TV. All, all the girls of the town are just like, Ooh, hot Santa. Like his beard slips for a moment. And that's the part they capture on television. (laughs) Yes. The beard would have to get surreptitiously. I I lost my beard. My beautiful, beautiful, quote unquote, my beautiful face. I've been working out my jaw muscles too much at the gym. My beard can't stay on. My my jaw is just too slim. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. If you work out your jaw too much, all of your lines just start sounding like. Look, you got to work on your jaw tension. You got to work on that jaw tension folks yeah, but i think honestly everything else keeps so so david moore still he was supposed to fake mary as part of the assignment that it sure that's a real 1996 plot line yeah definitely steven seagal definitely wouldn't have a problem with that no we know that guy's cool we know that guy's cool with uh he's lots so, of progressive oh, yeah. issues steven seagal man you know he's a fan of uh gay rights yeah oh. he seems really that's really why cool that's why he moved to russia to try to really keep the get the russia, cause going the 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 forefront of oh, gay rights well no and that's why russia. he's there he's trying to help yeah. turn the tide oh because he's, so, he's so tight with as he pronounces it vladimir putin so he's really trying to help uh you know for, further the cause yep. he's like good guy good guy that nightmare of a human being steve seagal Uh, so instead Sylvester stallone was doing this movie daylight in 1996 that did not do well and seagal was doing uh this movie the glimmer man playing himself on an episode of roseanne (laughs) wow the layers (laughs) the layers are bad and doing the movie executive decision with kurt russell which is famous for him hilariously dying about half an hour into the film because you assume, he's like this is our like real ops man because this plane has been taken over by terrorists so i'm gonna help get in nerd alert kurt russell for whatever reason i've never actually seen this movie i've only seen the clip of steven seagal dying listener but like we got to get you on this plane and then when they get there and they're like oh there's a problem between our two planes connecting to the our plane connecting to the bad guy's plane so the only way to save us is for me to lock the latch on my side and kurt russell's like you know we're not gonna make it is like you will turns the latch and then his plane goes explodey and you see steven seagal a little dummy cgi steven seagal go wee and like i think bang his head and then go off into the stratosphere wow and it's the greatest thing any action movie has decided to do is kill steven seagal <laughs> as early as you possibly can this is a real janet lee and psycho situation it, that's what they that's what it was inspired by was yeah. janet lee and psycho it, it, the, the original death was going to be he would have made it onto the plane and then it was a real fancy plane so yeah, they had like showers obviously. and Steven will be like well before i take out all these terrorists let me take a quick shower I first i just need a refresher and then it, oh no in comes anthony perkins dressed like his mother wow they, like they really were ripping off psycho it wasn't even an homage they would have that's been sued fully just yeah yeah they, that's, that's why they, they had to change it. it that's why they had to change it to the plane that makes sense so those are all the characters that I found <laughs> other casting options for. But there were a few characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them. David Morse. Come on. As Luke slash Daedalus. Uh, he's so good. Listener, we just saw him on Broadway. Like a week ago. A week ago in How I Learned to Drive, Ugh. reprising his role that he did in, I think, 1995. So it would have been just like right before he started wow. filming Imagine, this. Okay, so what, listener, if you don't know How I Learned to Drive, it's basically like a woman recounting 
from from like many years past, like her abusive relationship with her uncle. Yes. Um, and this, so this predatory predat- relationship yes, from yes, her uncle. Exactly. And it and it so it's like but it's her talking as an adult and then Mary like Louise she, Parker. Mary Louise Parker. And then she like they go back into different points. In you know time what? Give play. me the Mary Louise Parker as Charlie as well. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Totally. Not the color I usually see on her. But so because it takes place over time and she's like looking back on it you know they they did it in the mid 90s and they just they're both playing it now and it's like totally still works yeah. and makes sense cuz it's someone like looking back at their past reexamining it because it was a lot of trauma there yeah. um takes a long time to continue to work acting, through that the acting it's so good cuz it's, it's easy to forget so... david morse i don't think i've ever recommended david morse for a role on no, this podcast no and he's podcast. always great i don't think i've ever seen him not be great he's always bringing it and but, he's always like you know third build fifth build david morris but he crushes he always comes in and he's very tall you know i think the first time i ever saw him in anything was in the seafarer on broadway like i don't think i've seen him in a movie or tv show you know then he had that stint on house he's just he's such a presence he's so understated and what i think is so great about him in this role is he doesn't really even say much yeah at first, like, and just the way that we buy him is this kind of like country, country hunk, sweet country hunk, which of course you don't really, but the way that he sells it. And then he's like, all right, now I'm just going to casually torture you until yeah. you die. It's you know? great seeing it for the first time and then seeing it when you know who yeah. he is. Cause he, like him seeing her, like the disbelief that's just like, oh my God. And she's like, I think that we were supposed to get married. And he's like, <laughs> come here you and hugs her and it's just like you well really don't remember who he is yeah. do you? watching it for the first time i will say i was like i think well, if this you, were legit he would be having a different reaction but well well i guess if it was like eight years ago you're supposed to get married to someone who then seemed to have just run off you know, oh, I guess if he, yeah, but still, you just assume that I, he, you broke off the engagement and ran away. I mean, but especially if they show up, then you're, or I mean, again, maybe you know. But even so, the, if, if he was like, an actual oh. on the up and up, then you yeah. could have been like, "Is she dead?" I went looking for you for he has a big impassioned monologue. Yeah. I searched for I years. I was expecting that. Well, well, you darling. I hired Mitch Hennessy to try to find you, but I was trying to find the wrong name. Or I guess I mean, if she's is that the name Samantha Kane? Is that the name that, that she was going that's under? Because so, surely someone could have found if she's trying to register as for jobs. Again, it's not airtight. They should have had it be like, you know, she's whatever she's like going by uh an advertisement for elect samantha hill to your local county whatever she's like samantha and then she sees what's that a poster for the cider house rules michael kane samantha kane that'll be my name she's like picks a name exactly how michael kane picked his name which is by looking (laughs) at a movie poster exactly (laughs) how michael kane picked his name that's me michael kane i'm I, I'm a school teacher here in town, but uh-oh, now it turns out I'm actually a secret assassin. No, but it is how Michael Caine picked his name. He's on the post for the Caine yes. Mutiny. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Great. There you go. I'll be Michael Mutiny. That'll be my name. That'll do it. That'll do. That'll, That'll be do. perfect. Um, yeah, but David Morse, always so good. Uh, Brian Cox is Nathan. Another, it's like such a small, because it's like this 20 minutes in the center of the movie yeah. where you get both of them in and, and then both of them out. Right. Goodbye. Um, but They're he's good. Right. He He's... I'm also hearing the snappy snap dialogue, but it's you get an actor like Brian Cox when his you introduce him in this like 
old folks home is that where he is i talking about this dog like licking living i assumed it was like that's his landlady kind of thing like, oh okay maybe like it's that. he's just living in like a more not boarding house but like renting a room that was yeah. my oh, okay. guess but he like it's such a movie monologue but him just like would you mind with this dog and it's like it's been licking its ass for the last hour whatever it's trying to get is either lodged in there for good or it's, it's like it's either up in there for good or it's gone to it's there for to stay or gone for good but like whatever he's been looking for three hours and i can't imagine there's anything worth noting there past in like an hour and it's such a like stupid little yeah. shane black monologue but brian cox delivers he's it. making it work he's making a meal out of all these lines all these ridiculous lines yeah uh, and he makes a good impact it's it, especially it's great it, but it was funny i realized when we were watching it, it was like so he did this movie with this uh spy that gets amnesia and then we'll go on to do those born movies yeah which is a spy that gets amnesia for everyone in the world who doesn't know the jason Bourne films which is most people listener right in if you didn't know that the born identity <laughs> was about a spy with amnesia again if you, if you were just living under that rock american dreamer is about a woman with amnesia who thinks she's a spy now eh? that is more well that's the comedy of course is yes, you the, flip. You the action, the action movie funny. is the final flavor is they're an ass-kicking spy the comedy is the final flavor is they're actually oh, a no! suburban mom I, what am i doing <laughs> kathy uh so charlie's daughter caitlin yvonne zima would work with Shane Black again 20 years, nearly 20 years later. Wow. On, she's in both Iron Man 3 and The Nice Guys, which she directed both, which wow. is bananas to me that she's still like making acting. Act, she's still acting. She's still Look, in the game. We haven't really talked about because we hadn't gotten to that point in the synopsis and I stopped us. We haven't really talked about when, when she Gina does the monologue. Davis dies. Yes. And so they're she, outside this truck that's about to blow up. They're on like the bridge to Canada. And Gina Davis is like, Run, Katie. Run. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're just sending her out into nowhere. This kid's going to freeze you. Hey, get Canada isn't to... nowhere. No, I, that's true. But there's a lot of nowhere in Canada. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It's better than being there. That, well, oh, she yes. just knows it's about to explode. She's no, like, just get away I from know. the explosion. She's like, run, Katie. And then she but, like and she dies. Fully, eyes open. Uh, Gina Davis is dead. Uh, and then Caitlin runs back. Mommy, no. She's got her cast. And she then angrily and rightfully so starts thumping on her with her cast and her her little fists yeah. repeating the monologue that gina davis out of nowhere seemingly says to her daughter about life ice is pain stopping such a little baby life is pain you know to just get used to it and so now then get up the daughter, mommy you're not dead <laughs> It is she, with the Stop tears such a in her baby. eyes. It's such a great moment because it is, you can't not laugh at it, but also I get emotional watching it. Well, the kid is <laughs> acting the crap out of it. It's She's also like, what a it. perfect illustration of the cycle of abuse. It's hey, like, how does go. this, like, we yeah. can see the direct yeah. link, you know? And it's like, one, is one it... day she'll be, she'll be screaming at her daughter these yes. same words that her mother passed down to her. Aww. Isn't that so sweet? Aww. <laughs> But it is, it really is like, what a payoff. Because the ice skating rink, when Gene Davis is yelling at her, it's like, oh my God. I mean, we're meant to take away from that, like, right. oh, this yeah. other this like, other person yikes. is coming yikes. to the foreground. But, but then having this little girl <laughs> yell at Gina Davis, like, get it's up, mommy, is so good. Uh, and yeah, we've been already talking about him. But Samuel Jackson, as he said, it's, he listed this as his favorite role. Apparently in an early cut of the film, he was supposed to die. Oh. <gasps> 
And I mean, like, he could have died at various points. Oh, I well, he should have died at various points if we're just talking, you know, my guess, injuries. My guess is that it would have been after the events of everything. As he drops them off, he's driving and he says, like, I can't drive anymore. Yeah. I think that that's the moment that he dies in the car. Mm-hmm. That'd be my guess. Because he could have died earlier, but I think you still have him, like, helping save the day, bursting with the car. Yeah. That he, like, bursts in, help provide cover for them. Um, but apparently during a test screening, an audience member shouted, you can't kill Sam Jackson. So Rennie Harlan changed to the final wow. cut. Cause that's easy enough. Cause you well, just then like he, have, he did in deep blue sea. Well, that's true. <laughs> he can. got him. He got him. Then he was like, you know what? Screw it. It's great. Well, that's the thing. You can't kill Sam Jackson at the very end of the movie. Kill him halfway through in the middle of a monologue about ice climbing mountains. Oh, ice. It's ice. more deadly than water. <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you think water's deadly try ice the uh, okay. slowest immovable thing in the world oh. um but he's so good he's so fun in this he's it's such so a fun wonderful. color on all him all the looks oh my god that like golf hat thing oh his he, outfits yeah. are on point just if you've not seen the movie a do so listener but b just look up sam jackson's like wardrobe it's long kiss goodnight tremendous um but i love his relationship to Gina Davis yeah. because it's like they kind of flirt with like are they gonna hook right. up but it's like they kind of do but they don't it's like they're not quite buddies they're not quite love well, interests it feels it's more realistic that way too where muddy, he's just like in a fun no, way you you're just trying to use me yeah to run yeah. from yourself basically it's like I'm not into that you know like yeah. that he's savvy and also just being like this seems probably detrimental to my health <laughs> to get too involved <laughs> with you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so final thoughts, Amy Joe. anything else we haven't touched on? Any other small characters that we haven't talked about yet that popped out at you? Mm, let me consult my notes. I think I've said most of the things. Oh, the, when she's thrown from the car, uh, you know, yeah. through the windshield, the, the great deer incident of 1995. Um, she they have her like covered in all this red blood and i will say very christmasy very festive <laughs> with her sweater against the snow very picaresque uh-huh. good job oh um, sure i've also written this movie rocks yeah. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that on a poster. i think i've had my say. this movie rocks amy joe jackson of and almost starring yeah i think i've had my say this is a real hoot and uh, I'm glad that we we watched it. This is like the antithesis of you forcing me to watch that Hulk Hogan movie. This is like which, which? No Holds Barred, Suburban Commando, Suburban Commando. Suburban we, Commando. That, we did that for the podcast. For the like, podcast, course, what I'll do course. for this pod. But this felt like what a treat. That extra twist. She like wakes up and realizes she's Charlie Baltimore assassin, and then she wakes up again and realizes no. that she's an alien. Oh, I see. Yeah. Not wakes just, up and realizes that she's Hulk Hogan. I just didn't want you to spoil, soil this movie. She wakes me. up and realizes that she's married to Shelley Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> A fairy tale theater. Um, yeah. So I'll end with this. Uh, the last page of the original script stated that there would be a sequel called The Kiss After Lightning, which based on your face i have to second that opinion terrible title yeah i what? looked confused what? my brow is both my eyebrows are raised and furrowed but i mean like i don't know what you'd call the long kiss goodnight to if it's you're trying to have like some kind of snappy like yeah. title like the kiss it's like the before sunset movies the long kiss good morning <laughs> the long kiss good dusk the long kiss good good dusk to you good in to good you in. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But um, here's the problem. Is and this is also I'm like Shane Black. This is really this is also how they're talking about like we should do a third Kill Bill and it'll be about the daughter because right. once you're too old, too bad. That this would open with Gina Davis getting murdered, and so the daughter now in her early twenties has to t- find Samuel Jackson to team up to be like we got to figure out like who's still after us right because gina mom. davis is too old but sam jackson spring chicken here's the thing yeah exactly but after i think it was after this is when gina davis like got so into archery like she com- she like could have been in the olympics that she's like such an incredible archer get her in more action movies have her be whatever katniss's mom or some nonsense some put nonsense. her in something ha- actually that there you go make a like a decades in the future hunger game sequel gina davis as katniss Doing all this yeah. re- a real life or bow and just arrow. Do some kind of archery thriller. Do an archery thriller. Like you can do a thriller about anything we've learned. So like, why not just oh. sculpt it around this actor's skills? There you go, Gina Davis. There's her sequel. She's Charlie Baltimore. But then she gets bonked on the head, and now first name Robin, last name Hood. Oh brother. Oh brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean the sequel could just be like charlie baltimore like it could just be like the name i mean of course just have another fun action adventure for our girl charlie baltimore it's what the people want it's what the people need it's what the people deserve maybe for christmas Amy Jo. Yes, Jeff. What's your recommending this week? This is so funny. So I have a little list of things here that I could recommend. And this wasn't the one I was going to go with. But because we were talking about mm-hmm. Pam Ferris. Sure were. The Trunchbull in Matilda. One of the things on here is this very charming British murder mystery show called Rosemary and Time. <laughs> and it is these two middle-aged women who like like meet they had like happened to meet one of them is recently widowed and one is recently divorced and they start like a gardening landscaping business together and they solve murders oh, of course they so do. it's ro uh, it's uh who is it rosemary boxer and and somebody time oh i forget but anyway it's pam ferris is, is in oh. it one of the two women and they are so funny it's so charming if you like a british cozy murder mystery Rosemary and Time, and also I think we should be seeing more of Pam Ferris. So that's there's oh, this yeah, one, there's this one episode in like season three or something where they're at some the I they're the it's like some outdoor gardening project thing that they're doing around the time that there's this festival that there's this show being played, mm-hmm. and one of the actors is murdered, and so then the actress who was playing opposite was playing the maid in in a couple of these scenes opposite this guy is like I won't go on I won't do it. And Rosemary Pam Ferris is like, well, I, you know, I can, I can play. Oh, Laura time. She's Laura. That's it. She's Laura time. She's like, I, I've done a bit of acting. And so she goes on. And it's kind of like Sam Jackson's bad, uh, like, oh, I'm not bad, but he's like, I'm, I'm nervous. Like his nervous acting, her bad acting, her bad stage acting and her like terrible Irish accent that she plays to play this Irish maid oh, in these dear. scenes is so funny. And it takes a really skilled actor to be able to do that. To be purposefully bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm recommending Rosemary and Time. Fun. 
Jeff. Amy Jeff. What's your recommending? Uh, I am once again recommending, check, check out that new Patreon oh, for wow. An Almost Starring. Patreon.com slash End Almost Starring. Once again, full length watch along commentary for the fly. You can watch it along with us and you can be a gog and a ghast with Amy Joe ah. as Jeff Goldblum turns into a fly monster. Yeah. And uh, Gina has to figure out, oh, what am I going to do about this crazy situation? Oh, uh, and uh, that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring to follow the shenanigans and see what we're doing the following week. So Gina Davis month continues, so be sure to tune in next week to see which of Gina Davis's movies we'll be covering. This Gina. Until then, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. (laughs) And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. 